And welcome back, everyone, to the Cold War Cast. I am your host, Ryan Llewellyn. This is a podcast where we discuss the history and the pop culture of the Cold War. I've got a real Cold War gem for you today, and this is a speech from back in September of 1945 from one of America's Cold War villains, Ho Chi Minh. This speech was given in Badin Square in Hanoi and is pretty much viewed as a declaration of independence by Vietnam in the aftermath of World War II. And this speech gets brought out a lot or referred to as a matter of trivia because, well, Ho Chi Minh made a lot of references to the founding fathers of the United States and our Declaration of Independence here in the United States. Seems a, a little ironic, I guess, looking back on it, that one of the uh, <laughs> the communist boogeymen of the Cold War would um, speak so glowingly of our uh, godmom and apple pie founding fathers here in the United States. I'm sure we all remember Full Metal Jacket and the line in the cadence that Ho Chi Minh is a son of a bitch. He's got blue balls, crabs, and the seven-year itch. So obviously um, Ho Chi Minh wasn't thought very highly of in the United States, but um, it, it is interesting to see that he pulled so much from Western influence. And, and we'll talk about why that is a little bit later on. Now, I think Ho Chi Minh, if you look at his life, he's a very interesting guy. And of course, he played a big role in a big part of the history of the 20th century and uh, more specifically the Cold War. But uh, today, we're pretty much only going to look at this speech that he gave. We're going to go through that and um, just talk about that. I know there's a lot about Ho Chi Minh that we're not going to cover. There's a lot about the war in Vietnam. There's a lot about decolonization and so forth that we're not going to touch today because... um, the scope of that's just too broad. I, I just want to look at the speech tonight. Now, as I just kind of hinted to, this speech from Ho Chi Minh is important. And it's important because there's a lot of history that um, really this ties into right here. Um, you could say this this um, Declaration of Independence by Vietnam is a a chapter towards the end of World War II. It's definitely a consequence of World War II. It's a very important moment in the history of decolonization during the 20th century. It's a very important moment in the Cold War, the rivalry between the Soviet Union and the West. And also just considering how important the Vietnam was to America's trajectory today. This is um, this is an opening chapter of all that. So even though Ho Chi Minh was a son of a bitch with uh, blue balls, crabs, and seven-year itch, we are going to give him his due here tonight. And I think it's very important to hear the words of the other side. Um, as I'm recording this here on February 11th, there was just an um, interview done between Tucker Carlson and... Vladimir Putin. And, um, you know, a lot of people were saying that uh, Tucker Carlson was a a traitor and um, all these things by giving the other side a platform. And I think, um, 
I think it's important to to hear the other side. I understand sometimes that maybe certain ideas don't deserve a platform. But I think it's important that bad ideas, sometimes you need to shine some light on them. And the best way to combat combat bad ideas is to, well, counter them with truth in the uh, arena of public discourse, I guess. And I, I guess we're talking old news here right now, but I, th- I think that's kind of what we're doing here tonight by listening to Ho Chi Minh's words. With that said, I also think that it's a good idea, and I think sometimes I'm guilty of this, to not be so contrarian, to make sure that you are skeptical of these these opposing views as well too. Um, you know, everyone... Everyone on the planet with an agenda um, will sometimes twist the uh, twist their words and uh, use emotion and um, yeah, you know, just all the little tactics that everybody uses. So um, you have to, uh, I don't know, kind of be skeptical of everything. I think. All right, so I'm going to read this speech. Um, it's going to take me, you know, five ten minutes. I'm going to add a little bit of context to it. Um, I'm going to try to keep that to a minimum. And then at the end of it, I'll add a little bit of my thoughts. So just kind of keep your ears peeled for, um, I guess, references to Western democracy. My countrymen, all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This immortal statement was made in the Declaration of Independence of the United States of America in 1776. In a broader sense, this means all the nations on earth are equal from birth. All the nations have the right to live, to be happy and free. The Declaration of the French Revolution, made in 1791 on the rights of man and the citizen, also states, All men are born free and with equal rights, and must always remain free and having equal rights. Those are undeniable truths. Nevertheless, for more than 80 years, the French colonialists misused the the flag of liberty, equality, and fraternity to invade our fatherland and oppress our countrymen. Their action contradicted to the humanity and justice. Politically, they absolutely have deprived our people of every democratic freedom. They have enforced inhuman laws. They have set up three different regimes in the central, the southern, and northern part of Vietnam in order to prevent our nation from being unified and our people from being united. They have built more prisons than schools. They have mercilessly slain our patriots. They have drowned our resistance in rivers of blood. They have fettered public opinion and practiced obscurantism against our people. They used opium and alcohol to weaken our race. Little uh, nod to uh, China's complaints on that one. Economically, they have exploited our people to the bone so that to impoverish our people and devastate our country. They have robbed us of our rice fields, our mines, our raw materials. They have levied numerous unjustifiable taxes which made our people especially our peasantry and tradesmen, to absolute poverty. They have hampered the prosperity of our national bourgeoisie. They have mercilessly exploited our industrial workers. In the autumn of 1940, when the Japanese fascists arrived to occupy Indochina for expanding new military bases, 
to fight against the Allies. The French colonialists bended their knees and opened our country to welcome the Japanese. Thus, from that date, our people were suffered from the double yoke of the French and Japanese. Thus, from that on, our people became more and more suffered and poorer. As a result, from the end of last year to the beginning of this year, from Quang Tre province to the north of Vietnam, more than 2 million of our fellow citizens died from starvation. On March 9th, the Japanese disarmed the French army. The French colonialists either fled or surrendered. As a matter of fact, they were not only incapable of protecting us, but on the contrary, they had sold our country twice to the Japanese. On several occasions before March 9th, the Viet Minh League, League of Vietnam Alliance for Independence, that is, urged the French to ally themselves with Vietnam to fight against the Japanese instead of responding to this proposal. The French colonialists had intensified their terrorist activities against the Viet Minh members. That before fleeing, they massacred a great number of our political prisoners detained at Yen Bai and Cao Bang. I probably should have added a little historical context to that, but um, basically, long story short, during World War II, um, Vietnam was a colony of the French, and, and then it was more or less essentially handed over to the Japanese. And then after France surrendered, the, uh, the Vichy French, uh, the Japanese pretty much gave them the boot from Vietnam, and that's when all hell broke loose. That's pretty much just the mile-high story right there. There's a whole lot of history there, a whole lot of nuance, but um, that's, uh, that's how we're going to roll tonight. <laughs> Notwithstanding all this, our fellow citizens have always manifested towards the French a tolerant and humane attitude. Even after the Japanese putsch of March 1945, the Viet Minh, League helped many Frenchmen to cross the frontier, rescued some of them from Japanese jails, and protected French lives and property. From the autumn of 1940, our country had in fact ceased to be a French colony and had become a Japanese possession. After the Japanese had surrendered to the Allies, our whole people rose to regain our national sovereignty and to found the Democratic Republic of Vietnam. The truth is that we have wrestled our independence from the Japanese and not from the French. The French have fled, the Japanese have capitulated. Emperor Bao Dai has abdicated, and uh, Bao Dai was, um, he was a puppet, basically a puppet um, emperor of the, uh, of the Japanese. Okay, our people have broken the chains which for nearly a century have fettered them and have won independence for the fatherland. Our people at the same time have overthrown the monarchic regime, regime that has reigned supreme for dozens of centuries. In its place has been established the present Democratic Republic. For these reasons, we members of the provisional government, representing the whole Vietnamese people, declare that from now on we break off all relations of a colonial character with France. We repeal all international obligations that France has so far subscribed to on behalf of Vietnam, and we abolish all the special rights the French have unlawfully acquired in our fatherland. The whole Vietnamese people animated by a common purpose, are determined to fight to the bitter end against any attempt by the French colonialists to reconquer their country. We are convinced that the Allied nations, which at the Tehran and San Francisco have acknowledged the principles of self-determination and equality of nations and will not refuse to acknowledge the independence of Vietnam. So um, Tehran was one of the uh, conferences of the great powers during World War II, 
And San Francisco was the uh, first United Nations conference. That's what he's referencing. A people have courageously opposed French domination for more than 80 years. A people who have fought side by side with the allies against the fascists during these last years. Such a people must be free and independent. For those reasons, we, members of the provisional government of the Democratic Republic of Vietnam, solemnly declare to the world that Vietnam has the right to be a free and independent country, and in fact, it is so already. The entire Vietnamese people are determined to mobilize all their physical and mental strength to sacrifice their lives and property in order to safeguard their independence and liberty. And that's the end of it. As Americans, and I guess people of the, the Western world, a lot of that would sound very familiar to us. It would just feel like something we've heard before. That's because Ho Chi Minh spent a lot of time in the West and definitely studied the, the revolutionary histories of, well, both the United States and France and took some of this to heart. Now, he did have um, some affinity for the American founding fathers, of course, but I think for the most part, using this language was an appeal to the West. And in a way, it was to bring up, I guess, contradictions within our society. And what I mean by that is just generally the idea that, you know, maybe France wanted to... um, throw the chains back on Vietnam and maybe in the United States we would be sympathetic to France doing that. But he wanted to use basically our own words and founding myths against us in the sense to to make an appeal to the West to basically stay out of their affairs. I think in a way also Ho Chi Minh using some of the language that he did and hearkening Western democracy was also aspirational in a way to his society. And what I mean by that was that the idea that Vietnam was going to be a communist country wasn't something that was completely settled. As we know with um, you know the history coming up for the Republic of Vietnam and the uh, big civil war that they went under. But um, there was a lot of factions within Vietnamese society that he had to appeal to at that moment and um, get on board with what they were doing because I think in his head, achieving independence first was the the most important thing and maybe getting everybody on the same page would come later down the road. I, th- I think um, that was truly his intention. Now, giving a speech like this seems like something that would be somewhat triumphal and a conclusion of something that, um, you know, they had finally established the Republic of Vietnam. But this definitely was not the conclusion as, you know, history, like I said, history is going to show in the next uh, next uh, couple decades coming down the road. This was really the beginning of a uh, very turbulent time in Asian history. And I wanted to look at this speech today just to um, kind of show that at the outset of the Cold War, how much of the world was really uncharted territory ideologically. 
that some places were the West to lose and the Soviet Union's to gain. Ho Chi Minh spoke to us in the Western world using our values and our words. But also in the terms of the other side and their political values as well too. I hope you found that speech interesting. Again, it is one that um, comes up as a matter of trivia sometime that um, you know Ho Chi Minh quoted the, uh, the founding fathers of America. And as I said earlier, there's a whole lot of history about, well, Ho Chi Minh is a man, uh, Vietnam, the early Cold War, decolonization, and all of that that we're not going to touch tonight. One thing that I thought was kind of cool over the course of doing this podcast was looking at these speeches, these famous speeches from the Cold War, just to um, just to see where some people's minds were at and what kind of information and imagery that they wanted to convey to to the people and and who they were giving these speeches to. I think that really is something interesting, and I hope you've enjoyed Ho Chi Minh's speech tonight. I know. He is, um, you know, looking back in history, kind of viewed as a, a boogeyman in America. But um, hearing his words, I'm not necessarily, I'm not saying he was a good guy or, you know, good things came from what he did. But, um, you know, we we have to be able to look at their words and, um, you know, look at everybody's words and uh, be skeptical sometime and just kind of filter them through what we know about the world. But I hope you enjoyed that, and I will be back really soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to support this podcast, there's a couple ways to do it. The first way is to go to reddragonherbs.net. That's our, well, that's our family business, and we have loose leaf tea there. If you need to get a gift, like a unique gift for somebody, we got you covered. Uh, feel free to hit me up. I will gladly give you some recommendations, but um, check out what we've got there. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and um, get yourself some tea. The other way to support this podcast is to, well, rate it favorably. If you have any feedback or anything, feel free to uh, hit me up. You can uh, message me on Instagram under Cold War Cast or Twitter under The Cold War Cast. And I'm going to be working on some things, too, to um, be able to uh, reach out to people a little bit more. But um, that's all I've got for tonight. So, again, thanks for listening.